Jim? Good morning, Jay. All right, so the NFC and AFC Championship games yesterday, the first game turned out to be a blowout. Eagles win 31-7 to over the 49ers, uh, but 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy got injured on the first series and did come back, but didn't look like he was healthy enough to throw the ball. Your thoughts on what happened yesterday? Yeah, one terrible game, one great game. Uh, disappointing that the 49ers couldn't put up a, a reasonable effort because they didn't have a quarterback. Uh, bringing Josh Johnson, who probably wasn't good enough to win that game, but at least could have attempted downfield passes. He gets hurt, so they end up with, you know, basically, I mean, they were already on their third quarterback. They go to their fourth quarterback. Fourth quarterback gets hurt. They bring their third quarterback back in, and he can't throw. Just a sad way to decide a game. Uh, and it's why, you know, and listen, it's not like any of the uh, 49ers quarterbacks were hurt by cheap shots, but it just it highlights the importance of keeping quarterbacks healthy. Without quarterbacks, it's just not it's not an entertaining product. It's not an interesting product. Uh, so sad that a, a, a really a great 49ers team didn't have a, fa- a fighting chance. Uh, the Eagles, once again, I wrote about it today. The Eagles, five years after they won the Super Bowl at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, they are going back to the Super Bowl with a different quarterback, a different backup quarterback, different head coach, different coordinators, different coaching staff, different secondary, different linebackers, different skill position players. Uh, it's a remark. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, Howie Roseman. And once again, they're winning without necessarily having their quarterback have and win games for them. They just have such a deep, talented roster. They can beat you so many different ways. Uh, of course, they have a great home field advantage. Uh, so just a remarkable job by then. And then the other game, you had the two great quarterbacks dueling it out. And uh, Patrick Mahomes on a bad ankle finds a way to make enough plays. Uh, you know, really <laughs> high-level entertainment. Uh, I, I could watch Mahomes and Burrow play pretty much every day. And, uh, you know, just just a great game. Uh, so, Jim, tell me about uh, how Patrick Mahomes with that injury was able to make it through. It looked like he was definitely favoring that high ankle sprain at times. Yeah, he was. He looked like early in the game he was able to plant enough that he could get an, a lot on his passes. And of course, he's not. You know, he's not Brett Favre. He's not trying to throw 110 miles an hour and break somebody's fingers. He's more of a touch passer, uh, more of a creative passer. So he, you know, he's able, and he's already he was already creative before the ankle injury. So he's able to throw off balance and off one foot, and you know, with. I mean, so it probably didn't hurt him as much as it would hurt others, obviously. And he was even able to run and scramble pretty well. With it. Then he aggravated it and he just kind of gutted it out. Um, you know, it's it, it, he's just an amazing athlete. He really is. Uh, and he, he found a way. And I really think that uh, the Bengals uh, offensive line injuries just finally caught up to them where they couldn't be quite as good offensively as they, they needed to be or wanted to be. And Mahomes was it was, you know. I don't know what else to say about Mahomes. He's just one of the greatest of all time, and he found a way to get his team back to the Super Bowl. And I'm really glad now. I, I generally I like the fact I like the schedule where the Super Bowl is played the the week after the conference championship games. I'm really happy that there's two weeks, and maybe uh, maybe Mahomes can be completely healthy by the time they play. How about uh, the receiver situation? Because what Juju Smith Schuster went out. Uh, they were playing shorthanded from the receiver standpoint too. They were. Um, but then again, they don't really have a a star receiver to begin with. I mean, if Kelsey's healthy, they can. Everybody else, every other skill position player other than Kelsey, is fairly replaceable. Uh, and they were, you know, they were winning with rookies that you've never heard of, or you know, one's a kick returner last night. Um, Mahomes can make an average receiver a good receiver. 
he needs Kelsey. He needs the one guy in the field that he can trust, that he can throw to in the clutch, that can you know command double teams and still beat double teams. If Kelsey's healthy, he can win with pretty much anybody else. Jim, what do you think of uh, the Chiefs' defense, their game plan against Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Well, it was good, and Chris Jones was excellent. Uh, he's been a great regular season player who has not had a lot of you know statistical success in the postseason. He had a great game yesterday, um, and they're really well coached. But they're you know they're not a great defense. They're a defense that plays well enough to let their offense win games. Uh, I again, I think the fact that Burrow did not have a, a really high functioning offensive line probably swung the game in the favor of the Chiefs, and the Chiefs were good enough defensively to take advantage of that. All right, so setting up uh, Eagles versus Chiefs in the Super Bowl, is there any – what do you think of this game, first of all? Uh, well, I think the Eagles have the better roster, top to bottom. Uh, and Hurts, you know, he's not Mahomes, but he's very diff- he's difficult to prepare for. He's difficult to defend. Uh, he ran pretty well yesterday. He also didn't necessarily need to run all that well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if two weeks from now he's a little – you know, uh, a little more, I don't know if the word is reckless, but aggressive with his running. Um, he didn't look like to me, he was throwing the ball extremely well yesterday, but he didn't really need to. So it'll be interesting to see if he has to cut it loose, if he's capable of doing that. Um, Chiefs don't have, again, I don't think they have as deep or as good a roster as the Eagles, but they have Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones. And so there's really two different things. I mean, the Eagles are just deep and talented. Um, and can beat you a lot of different ways. The Chiefs have like three star players and a bunch of, you know, a bunch, a bunch of just guys who are out there, you know, as assistants to, to their star players who play well enough. Both two really well coached teams, uh, two innovative offensive coaches. So it's, you know, it's kind of an unpredictable game. I don't know how either team's going to look against the other. You talked about how the Eagles, with completely changing staffs, we're able to have success and get back to the Super Bowl. Is there something that other teams like the Vikings can look at and say, okay, this is how we can do it, or is it they just happen to find the right people? Well, it's it's talent evaluation. It's creativity. Um, and the interesting thing here is that Howie Roseman, I mean, I'm sitting here talking about what a great roster he's put together twice in five years, and both times making it to the Super Bowl with a second-year head coach. Uh, so the general manager deserves like, all the credit here. And he's made big mistakes, right? Carson Wentz, we now look at as a mistake. Uh, and he won a Super Bowl with Wentz's backup. Uh, he chose Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, a massive mistake. He made up for it by having, you know, Devont- drafting Devontae Smith and developing him and trading for a- and getting A.J. Brown. Uh, so it's not like he's perfect. It's just he keeps on swinging and he ha- hits such a high hit percentage on other positions that he can afford to miss once in a while. So, I mean, there's no real secret here. It's just you want a great talent evaluator in that slot. Jim, do you think the Vikings are close to hiring a defensive coordinator? I would think so. I would think, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the people they looked at are also head coaching candidates, so I think they need the market to settle a little bit. Um, I would guess that this would be a good week for them to make that kind of hire. Although sometimes the NFL would prefer – uh, these teams wait until after the Super Bowl. I don't think that's realistic. I, but I would think the the bye week before the, uh, the the Super Bowl. I would think this would be a week that a lot of hiring gets done. Jim is uh, Flores still the preferred candidate, or somebody else emerged? Well, he's my preferred candidate. I don't know if he's their preferred candidate. They might have fallen in love with somebody else. I mean, you really don't know who the next 
good coach is going to be or where he's going to come from. could be somebody we've never heard of. So I would love Flores. I don't know who their favorite candidate is. Jim, the uh, Timberwolves got Sacramento tonight, and uh, they've been playing better. Two games above five hundred, and now in fifth place. Only a half game out of fourth place in the Western Conference. Pretty amazing how you go on a bit of a win streak and you can make up some ground in a hurry. Yeah, and uh, that, that's what I've been saying for weeks, if not months now, is that, yes, you can be disappointed when they lose a game to a bad team. Yes, you can be disappointed and go bear. Yes, you can question the trade. Yes, you can question this team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all their goals are right there in front of them. Uh, you know, a realistic goal, a realistic high-end goal coming into the season was to be the fourth or fifth seed in the Western Conference. Right now, they're the fifth seed. Uh, they're half a game out of the fourth seed. They're two games out of the third seed, and they're playing the third seed team at home tonight. It's all right there for them. They're going to get Towns back, I would think, in the next three weeks or so. Um, you know, it, it's there's just nothing has been lost here. Uh, the trade, you know, we don't have to put a final grade on the trade. We don't have to put a final grade on the season. We don't have to pretend that, you know, Towns and Gobert will never play well together. Everything, everything negative you can say about the Timberwolves is a guess. Uh, they still have a chance to have, you know, as good a season as anybody could have hoped for. Why do you think they're playing better right now? Uh, familiarity. I mean, hey, we saw it last year. Finch came in and his first full season as a head coach. It took him a while to kind of figure out his offense. And then they got on a roll and they had a great run at the end of the season. Now you have you and you take half the players out. You put half the new players in. You add Gobert. You have to alter the offense. You have to alter the feel of the way they play together. And here they are, you know, a half to two-thirds way of the season. They're starting to figure things out. And I think you saw that in the last couple of games. Beautiful ball movement, open shots, uh, guys shooting with confidence, uh, players getting better as the season goes on. Now the next challenge will be reintegrating Towns and having that look good and having Towns get back up to speed. But I think Finch is a good coach. Is Finch a big part of why they've been able to turn this around and get going? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's a good coach. He's a good coach. Uh, he's not a flashy coach. Uh, he's not a commanding personality, but he knows the game. How about uh, the play of Anthony Edwards? He certainly has taken on a, a bigger role, at least it seems, since Carl Anthony Towns has been out. Um, will that continue once Towns returns? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, two really important things happened here. Uh, Finch made Anthony Edwards the primary ball handler at the age of 21, and he judged correctly that Edwards could handle that, could run the team at his age, could be a leader, could make big shots, could distribute the ball while getting his own shot, and he was absolutely right about that. And moving D'Angelo Russell's shooting guard, now D'Angelo Russell is playing like one of the best shooting guards in the league. And I was ready to get rid of him, and now he's shooting the lights out. Um, Towns comes back. I think you have Towns at, the, you know, listen, Towns runs the court really well. Uh, he is, a, he can slash, he can finish, he can draw fouls. But I think the greatest thing you're going to see from him, a team that has not been a great three point shooting team that is getting better at that. Now, uh, you put Towns in the corner with the shortest possible three pointer. He's a great three point shooter. Now, you know, if you're a defense thinking about that, you're trying to stop Anthony Edwards drives. You're trying to cover D'Angelo Russell, at the three you have, the best three-point shooter on the team is in the corner, uh, and you're also having to not let Gobert just roll the rim and get three dunks. Uh, that sounds like a different, difficult task to me. Jim, uh, the Minnesota Wild have some time off now um, after playing on Saturday in Hockey Day, Minnesota. Your thoughts on where the Wild are at right now? You know, they, they're they hanging in there. They're, I think, the seventh seed right now. They have three games in hand over some of the teams they're chasing. 
two games in hand over some of the other game teams are chasing. They feel like they're about a fifth or a sixth seed. Uh, they're playing. They've kind of bounced back from a mini slump with two straight wins. Um, you know, I think they're. I think that's what they are. I think they're about a, a sixth seed. You know, uh, they might be a little bit better than that, but they'll have to prove it. It's not a great team, but it's not a bad team. They have a plus thirteen goal differential. You know, it feels like a pretty good team, and it that, to me has been what they've been all season. Jim, uh, Twins Fest was this past weekend. Are Twins fans excited about this group? I think they are. And now listen, I think there there's a kind of a an online faction of Twins fans who are never happy about anything. Um, I think the kind of people who show up to Twins Fest, the kind of people who show up to the games, people who actually buy tickets, I think they're really energized by this. Uh, you know, the Correa signing, I mean, every, all the – Typical complaints people like to make about the Twins. So they're not aggressive. They don't spend money. They lose their own. Free, they lose free agents. They're not really trying to win. They're just trying to save money. It's all blown up. Um, they have been aggressive. They've been aggressive in the trade market. They brought back Correa. They have a very talented, deep roster. They have five veteran starting pitchers with about three to five really good young pitchers behind them. They have a really deep bullpen. They have uh, they're deep at the corners. Uh, it's not a perfect roster. Uh, there are a lot of young players who are going to have to emerge for this to be a really good team. But I think the Correa signing really, uh, really kind of took away a lot of people's excuses for not wanting to care about the Twins. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, Chim Music talking about all this stuff uh, with Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal is up. We have Cheryl Reeve show up. Uh, we'll start the cycle again today with the John Krasinski show and the Viking Update show. And everything's at TalkNorth.com or on your favorite podcast app. All right, Jim, thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jim. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune sports columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune or his podcast at talknorth.com.